Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, everybody. Hope you are having a good Friday. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. They make a trade to get the number one pick from the Bears. Think about this. They give the Bears the number nine pick and the number 61 pick this year, a first round pick next year, and then a second round pick in 2025 and wide receiver DJ Moore. What that means, and we talk about this all the time, you better make sure you draft the right quarterback. That's exactly what that means. Because if you don't, it sets your franchise back for a long time. That's a lot to give up. Number nine, number 61 this year, first round next year, a second round in 2025, and wide receiver DJ Moore. Speaking of giving up a lot, the Bears gave up a lot the year before to the New York Giants to move up to get fields, all right? The Giants ended up doing very well in that trade. So will the Bears, will they draft well, and will Carolina take the right quarterback? Only time will tell. All right, the Kings last night didn't play very well uh, by their standards. As a matter of fact, Coach Brown was uh, not too pleased after the game, and I like that. I think that is great. I love the fact that Mike Brown is not afraid to rip the team uh, after a win. And you got to figure, you know, and I I don't want to sound negative here because what the Kings have done this year is incredible. I mean, it really is. What they have been able to do this year is incredible. But, boy, they get lucky coming out of the break. No Lillard, no Jeremy Grant, right? Then you have no Shea Gogus-Alexander. Last night, Jalen Brunson re-injures his foot, doesn't play in the second half. Tomorrow night, no Kevin Durant. It's pretty amazing. I mean, it really is. And, again, I'm not saying that the Kings – don't deserve to be this or to be that. You are what you are. And they're having a marvelous season. But, boy, are they getting every single break in the world. You can't, you can't ignore that. They're getting every single break in the world. And, and, and one of the reasons why I am mentioning that is what happens if those breaks stop in the playoffs? Are you going to be able to beat a good team at full strength? Are you going to be able to persevere? Are you going to be able to win four games and make it to the second round of the playoffs. If a team is healthy, time will tell because this team's going to the playoffs. The question is, are they going to be a two seed, a three seed, a four seed? Where are they going to be? Next up, the Phoenix Suns tomorrow. And the Suns are still a good team even without Durant. You know, if they have Devin Booker on the floor, all right, and they have Chris Paul and they have DeAndre Ayton, That's a a trio that gives Sacramento absolute fits. 
And the Kings aren't going to win every single game they play. So keep that in mind. All right. I want to hear from you. Right now, we get a leadoff man, and it's Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing good, Grant. How are you today? I'm good, buddy. Yeah, last night, the most disappointing thing was, of course, uh, that Josh Hart guy. How many rebounds? And offensive rebounds. Oh, my gosh. And then that was, I, there was one series there that they got five offensive. I counted like almost four or five. <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was ridiculous. So, anyways, talking about the playoffs, I mean, you know, I know it might be a little early still, but what it's all about matchups, like you were just saying. Who you yes, it is about matchups. And and we 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 have trouble against a team that has a really good center. And, and look what Gobert yep. did us, you know, in, when they played Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and I thought it was interesting that they kept Harkenstein in there last night instead of Robinson, I guess, because he's tougher. Or, I don't know. Is yep. he bigger? Is he bigger than Robinson? I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, I don't watch the Knicks play that much, so I, I'm not an expert on the Knicks. But it, it, that's t- something Tom Thibodeau does when he he's not afraid to, you know, mix and match and – do what he has to do. That's that's the mo of him as a coach. So you know, again, I don't, I haven't watched the Knicks that much, so it's hard for me to specifically say why they do this and why they do that. But they were manhandling the Kings on the glass. Right, I'm telling you. So I know it's it's still a ways away, but in your opinion, what team does the Kings match up more against that will be a competitive series? Do you think? Oh. Well, I think every series is going to be competitive. Um, I mean, just look at the games that they played against the possible opponents this year. Look at Dallas. Okay, so they have a game coming up in Dallas at the end of this month. They split two games, one without Luka, one with Luka, all right? So that that would be a a fairly even matchup. I would pick the Kings to win that series, though. However, in a close game, now you're going against two superstars in Luka and Kyrie. So keep that in mind. Uh, Phoenix, they don't match up well with Phoenix, in my opinion, would win that series. Minnesota, again, the Timberwolves have won two of the three games this year. That that would That's kind of alarming. Uh, the Kings have shown that they match up well with the Clippers when the Clippers were at full strength, as evidenced by the game that they won in double overtime. But that was, what, a double overtime game that was decided by one point. So I look at that kind of as a toss-up. But the Clippers, to me, uh, if they were to play Sacramento in the playoffs, I would pick Sacramento. I just don't like what I'm seeing from the Clippers. Uh, the Warriors, to me, are a big question mark in the sense of are they going to be healthy or not? If the Warriors are healthy, I would pick them to beat Sacramento in a playoff series. I think the Kings would beat Dallas. I would pick them against the Clippers. Uh, Minnesota, to me, would be a toss-up because of exactly what you're saying. The matchup in the middle concerns me, especially if Carl Anthony Towns is back, and he should be back. That would change the dynamic of that series around. Utah, they would have no problem with Utah, in my opinion, in winning a playoff series. Uh, New Orleans, I think they would beat, unless Zion Williamson is back on the floor and healthy, that changes the dynamic of that series around. So there are a lot of ifs right now with, you know, four weeks left to go in the season. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's it's just we, we both know it's a, if, it's a, if it's a really good center, and they got two guys that can shoot. A good, yep. a good point. A good point guard. A, a guy that can make the threes. Then they're in a little bit of trouble. 
Yeah, the, the size gives them the most difficulty. So I would start with that. I would start with that because most teams are going to shoot the ball well. So I would start with size. So did you see Draymond Green shooting his mouth off again on his podcast about Memphis? And then, yeah, I read about it. I mean, you know, again, Draymond Green is. I don't know why anybody watches Draymond Green's podcast. I really don't. I, I I have no idea why anybody would watch that. Yeah, I didn't particularly watch it. I just heard about it on the. Yep. On the. So. All right. Yeah, I did too. I read I read about some of the things, and I, it just turns me off. I, again, I don't know why anybody even watches that stuff. All right, I'll let you go. The dogs are. Bugging. See you, buddy. Sorry. Yep. Take care. All right. Uh, you know, there's so much nonsense in the NBA. Just play the game, would you? You know, just play the game. I, I don't know why anyone would, and I really mean this, I don't know why anyone would spend any time watching anything that Draymond Green has to say. Consider the source. I always say consider the source. All right, if you want to get in on the program, just raise your hand and we will do it. Let's check in with Al. Al, good afternoon. Hope you're having a good week, buddy. How are you? Hello, Al. All right, Al, got a little problem. I'm going to put you back in the audience. Don't forget that Ryan will have the pregame show tomorrow before the Kings take on the Suns, and then Ryan will join me at half and postgame. So looking forward to that tomorrow, uh, the Kings and the Suns. The Suns have beat the Kings twice, and they have one other matchup to go after tomorrow. So we'll see how the Kings do. In all likelihood, they're going to be playing Phoenix twice uh, without Durant. But even without Durant, the Kings have not been able to beat Phoenix because of Devin Booker. And really, DeAndre Ayton has manhandled them as well. So it's going to be a very challenging game tomorrow uh, for Sacramento. But the Kings have seen, seemingly, they have been able to rise to the challenge and take everything head on and take advantage of the breaks that have been given them. I mean, you could not roll out the red carpet any better than has been rolled out here post-All-Star break. You just can't. You just can't do it. You know, no Lillard, no Grant, no Kawhi Leonard, no Shea Gilgis-Alexander, no Jalen Brunson in the second half, no Kevin Durant. I mean, you couldn't write a better script, right? I mean, if you were Mike Brown and said, hey, what would be best-case scenario coming out of the break? You'd probably write that down. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's, it's unbelievable. It is. Uh, but enjoy it. You know, that's – We've been saying for the last 15 years or so, gee, the Kings never get any breaks. They never get any breaks. Oh, they always get screwed. Oh, this guy always gets hurt. That No, everything's going their way. And it's about time to do. It's called the basketball gods, right? Everyone's saying, okay, enough. This franchise has sacrificed enough. They've given up enough. Let's make sure everything just aligns perfectly for them. The stars are aligned right now for the Kings. I don't think you can dispute that. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls, and uh, we check in with uh, Eli. Eli, good to have you on the program. How are you? Hey, Grant. I'm good. Happy Friday. You too. I joined a little late, so I'm not sure exactly what all you've said so far. But, um, yeah, pretty impressive with last night. So how many uh, games over 600 do you think the Kings are going to get? I have not really figured it out, and I talked about <laughs> this, I think, yesterday. <laughs> but you know what's funny, Eli? I mean, if you, uh, I, what I've been talking about before you came on is if you had asked the Kings to write a script, I don't think they could have written it any better post-All-Star break. They've gotten every single freaking break in the world, and they've taken advantage of it. And last night, they got another break when Jalen Brunson didn't play in the second half. 
I'm not so sure they win the game with Jalen Brunson because I didn't think the Kings played that well last night. But you know what? They're taking advantage of all the breaks. And now tomorrow, no Kevin Durant, although Phoenix has their number. But still, I mean, I, I think everything is aligning perfectly for the Kings. They're getting all the breaks. They're taking advantage of the breaks. And again, after the All-Star break, and since you are joining me late, what I said in a nutshell was, you know, if you had told Mike Brown, no Damian Lillard, no Jeremy Grant, no Shea Giggles Alexander, no Kawhi Leonard, right? No mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Brunson in the second half, no Kevin Durant. He would have been like, no, that's not possible. But it is, yeah. it's exactly what's happened. And the Kings have taken advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of Mike Brown, I wanted to ask your opinion on him because I saw last night Shaq um, on TNT was saying that he thinks he should get coach of the year. And then I saw some of Mike Brown's press conference as well, where he was still pretty hard on his guys. And he said, you know, he wasn't really happy with the way his team played, even though they got the win. I know at the beginning of the season um, when the Kings were, you know, starting to actually do well and you were not necessarily sold on, you know, are the Kings really doing this well because of Mike Brown? I don't think you were fully sold on that. Has your opinion changed since then? Do you think that well, Mike yeah, Brown I mean, the, the, like, the, the, is the coach of the year? I, I, can't, I can't go against the record, and the Kings are number two in the West. So I give everyone credit. I mean, I, I, I would be foolish not to. I mean, I think Mike Brown will be the coach of the year unless the Kings go into a big tailspin here, which I just don't see happening. They're playing consistently enough now where I don't see them going in. They might lose two games in a row. I don't think they're going to lose like eight of ten type of a thing. You know, I just – they're playing too well for that. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, as long as he finishes in the top four, which I think they will, I think he will be coach of the year. Yeah, I think it's um, it's a culture change for sure, just the way that he conducts himself in the press conferences and the way that he's kind of turned around the, the culture in Sacramento. I would say that, um, you know, if they had a different coach, but the same players, they, they may not have done as well. So I do think... You know, no, no disrespect to Mike Brown, but uh, no disrespect to Mike Brown. DeMontis Sabonis changed the culture around in Sacramento. He's the one that changed it, okay? Um, mm-hmm. That trade changed the culture, and it allowed De'Aaron Fox to be the point guard that he has become. I'm not taking any credit away from Mike Brown because you still need a coach. But let's just talk about where the transformation began. The transformation and the change of culture began last February. That's where it changed. That's when it changed because it allowed De'Aaron Fox to be this type of a player that you're seeing on a nightly basis. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think I partially agree with that. But last season when he came here in February, he um, maybe there wasn't enough of a sample size of games because I don't recall that they necessarily did well at the tail end of the season when, when Sabonis first got here. So Yeah, well, Fox didn't play at the end of the season. They had David oh, Mitchell playing point guard. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't even remember yeah. that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, De'Aaron, enough, took, so. De'Aaron, took, De'Aaron took a couple of weeks off uh, at the end of the season with what they labeled an injury. I didn't, I didn't think it was legit, uh, but I didn't have a problem with what they were doing. I thought it gave Davion Mitchell some very good experience. But, you know, again, everything worked out perfectly because of the way the Kings – Kings actually did not play bad at the end of the season. They actually played pretty well. Uh, but it, the, the culture started to change – the minute that Sabonis walked into the locker room. Absolutely, yeah. And I don't think they've lost three games in a row this year, have they? I don't remember. Maybe they did once, but I don't recall. Yeah, well, they started off 0-4. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, you're right. Obviously, the 0-4. But other than that, I think it's been, yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously smooth sailing. So, awesome. Well, yeah, happy with the win, Grant. Um, Have a good weekend. Thank you, Eli. I appreciate your phone call. You have a good weekend, too. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. All right, let's get to... Some more phone calls to see if we can reconnect with Al. Al, can you hear me? I'm hearing you, Nate. Can you hear me? Yep. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, 
Sorry about that, man. I don't know what's going on. Just no problem. On. You know, I, I'll tell you what. I'd rather be lucky than good myself, man. I mean, you know, any team that uh, I think gets in the playoffs, you look over the year, or makes a deep run in the playoffs, you know, you got to look back. You know, my team, you know, they they had to have a little bit of good fortune with things like injuries on their team, you know, and and just yep. there's always going to be a, a little bit of good fortune, I think, in any team that, you know, makes the playoffs and maybe has a deep run, which I think the Kings are capable of doing. You know, to me, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like the the Western Conference as a, as a whole is just really not as good as it's been in past years. It seems like, you know, well, it's because of injuries. Because yeah. of injuries. That's why it's not yeah. as good. I disagree with you. I'd rather be good than lucky because luck eventually will run out. If you're good, you're good. Uh, I understand that the point you're trying to make, but I'd rather be yeah. good than lucky. But the Kings have been both this year. They've been both good and lucky. Yeah, they certainly have been. And I just had a question about, you know, the, the boy, Carolina gave up a, boat, a ton of, ton of. Yeah. They, I, now, let me ask you, you follow the college game. I don't follow college. Are the, as far as this year's quarterback class compared to previous years, where I think the last couple of years you had Burrow and Herbert, you know, you had, you had some, uh, you had field, you had, you know, what kind of, how does this year's class, in your opinion, uh, size up to pre, like, like Trevor Lawrence? There will, be, there, will, there, will be, there will be a guy that you think is very good that doesn't turn out to be good. And there will be a guy that, you know, is taken after the first round that ends up being really good. It happens every year. I mean, just look yeah. at the Baker Mayfields, the Sam Darnolds. I mean, listen, right. I, the Bears are going to keep Justin Fields, but there's a lot of uh, discussion on whether he is, you know, the guy, if he's the right, right. guy. Uh, Justin Herbert, look where he took and look where Josh Allen went in the draft. These guys didn't go one, two, three, four, or right. five. So, you know, again, uh, it's a very, it's a very unscientific man. It really is. And, but if you're going to give up that much, Alan, you, you know this, all right? Like yeah. you better, like you better, you better nail well. it. I mean, look at what the, look at what the 49ers gave up to yeah. get Trey Lance. And right now, I mean, that doesn't look like it's working. Uh, right there are a lot of there are a lot of people that feel that right now the 49ers don't have a quarterback going into this season. And last year they had too many quarterbacks. So if Brock Purdy is not ready to go. There, there aren't. If you take a poll of 49er fans, they're not going to be very confident with Trey Lance as your starting quarterback. I agree. In fact, I heard Connor make a comment on a previous show. Just think how how good the Niners would be if they didn't give up all that all that oh. that capital. Yep. Just think of how good. I agreed with his yep. comment there because they would they gave up a ton, like you said, and you just every point you made, I, I totally agree with it. Is who's your overall uh, top quarterback as far as class. Well, I mean, everybody says everybody says Bryce Young is the guy, but I think there are probably two or three quarterbacks that could be, you know, just as good as Bryce Young. So I don't know. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know who the best quarterback is. And I say that every year because the college game and the NFL game are so different. Again, yeah. I just used a couple of examples in the last five years, you know, of quarterbacks that were taken in the top two or three picks that aren't even with their same teams anymore. Like look at Baker Mayfield and look at Sam Darnold. Not only is right. Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold not with their teams anymore, you know, they may not even be the second string quarterback on their teams. I mean, that's crazy, but that's the truth. 
You know, you just got to hope you land in a good situation as a young quarterback coming yep. out with a good coach and you can coach you up like Brian Dable. You know, he's he yep. got the, a hell of a season out of Daniel Jones. And, you know, that that's key. You know, I think that's just, you know, that you, you follow. Hey, I'll look, I'll, I'll look at two years ago. The New York Jets took Zach Wilson and they're they right. fly out to oh. California because they're trying to get Aaron Rodgers to go there. So, you know, again, oh. you know, it really it, it doesn't really matter where you pick a quarterback. The only thing that matters is that you pick a quarterback that can play. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny that I thought you know, my nephew is a diehard Raider fan. He loves Derek Carr. And I was and when I was talking to him, I said, I, you know, the Jets would be perfect for him because to me, the Jets are just right there. They're on the cusp. They've got a good, young, talented team. Just missed the playoffs. They struggled down a bit, lost some games. But in New Orleans, Nape, it's going to be kind of – I think it's going to be more of the, the same. I don't, know. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I agree with you there. I don't think the Jets are on the cusp personally. And I also think that the NFC South is, is, a, is the weakest division in football now. Yeah. So I, I don't necessarily agree with you. I think Carolina could win their division this year even with a first-year quarterback, because I'm looking at, and I think New Orleans is probably the favorite to win that division now because they have the best quarterback in the division. I, I, that's a very weak division right now. I mean, who's going to be your quarterback in Tampa? I mean, you, you talk yeah. about New Orleans now. Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta to me isn't anything to get excited about. I'm not so sure I agree with your assessment just because of that division. If you go to the Jets, now you got to be, you got to, you, you got to contend with Buffalo, and you got to contend with Tua in that offense of Miami, and 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 you're dealing with the New York market, which is not easy to navigate for a quarterback. Well, that's for dang sure. You know, I agree with you. Your your state, and that's a good point. I didn't think, consider the how the South, NFC South, is so so bad. But anyway, I just let you go. Good talking to you, okay, and uh, thank you. Well. Thank you for everything you do, and have a good weekend, man. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. You have a good weekend too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, let's get to Cody. We'll get to Cody right here on this Friday edition of Listen Up. Hey, Cody. Cody, what's going on today? Well, I can't hear Cody right now. So I'll put him back in the audience. If you want to get in on the program, raise your hand, and uh, we will have the conversation. All right. So who's the best quarterback? I mean, most people feel the consensus, number one, is Bryce Young. Out of Alabama, there are those that are nervous about his size and mainly his height. So that's a concern that we keep on hearing about. I will effort to get Chris Landry 
on the podcast here in the next week or two, and we can talk about who he thinks are the top quarterbacks and the top players in the NFL draft. All right, so we'll do that coming up uh, in a week or two. All right, what about the Kings? You think the Kings are going to finish second, third, or fourth? I really don't see them following or falling below four. I can see them not being two. I think the Kevin Durant injury is going to cost Phoenix at least, you know, a few games. So, I mean, it's right there. You know, I still think Memphis is going to slide. I, that was a very impressive win that they had last night against Golden State. They didn't just, you know, win the game. Uh, they beat them badly. They beat them badly last night. They blew them off the court. 131 to 110. I mean, that surprised me. No Steven Adams for the rest of the regular season which you don't even know if you're going to get him back for the postseason. You know, Morant, his status is still up in the air. So you think Memphis is going to hold on to the second spot? I saw they got a pair of games coming up this week with the, or I should say next week, with the Dallas Mavericks. Those are going to be big games. And, and here's the other issue. You know, primarily the West plays the West and the East plays the East in the final few weeks of the season. So you're going, not all the time, but I'm just saying generally. So you're going to see the standings fluctuate because you have of the head-to-head competition. That's just, obviously that happens every year. I mean, the Kings still have Milwaukee to play. They still have Boston to play. And they still have some very difficult games. Don't get me wrong. But again, it just seems like, you know, when Milwaukee gets here, Adetokounmpo won't be playing. When Boston gets here, Tatum won't be playing. That's the way the Kings' luck has gone. And that's good. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of the opportunities. And the Kings, for the most part, have done that. They've had some real bad losses this year, but they haven't really had a bad loss recently. I think their their last game before the All-Star break would have been as bad of a loss as you could have had. And Houston basically gave them the game on a inexplicable last minute of play with two turnovers and then the Eric Gordon foul on the Aaron Fox. To me, had they lost that game, that would have gone down as the worst loss of the year. But as I said, this team finds ways to win. All right, so here's your schedule coming up. You have the Suns tomorrow, then the Bucks, then the Bulls, the Nets, the Wizards, the Jazz, the Celtics, the Suns, the Jazz, the Timberwolves, two games in Portland, the Spurs, the Pelicans, the Mavericks, the Warriors, the Nuggets. Those are your remaining games. All right, so if you're going to try to just have fun with this, and again, every time I do this, it changes because somebody doesn't play, I would pick the Suns to beat the Kings. I would pick the Bucks to beat the Kings. I would pick the Kings to beat the Bulls. I would pick the Kings to beat the Nets. I would, I would pick the Kings to beat the Wizards. I would pick them to beat the Jazz. I would pick Boston to beat the Kings, the Suns to beat the Kings, the Kings to beat the Jazz. Uh, I would pick the Timberwolves to beat the Kings. You know, depending on who's playing for Portland, I think those could be a split, two games. Kings will beat the Spurs. You know, if Zion Williamson's playing, that game's a toss-up against the Pelicans, but I would pick New Orleans. Dallas, toss-up. Warriors, that's going to be a real big game for them. Toss-up. And the Nuggets probably won't play anybody. So there are a lot of wins there. You know, you should beat the Jazz twice. 
You should beat the Bulls. You should beat the Nets, although the Nets are playing well. The game against Portland has to be a win. You have to win at least one of the two games against the Blazers. So, you know, again, you got, you got winnable games there coming up. All right, I want to hear from you. Hit your hand icon, and we'll put you right up on the show. Big trade today if you are just joining us in the National Football League. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock, and boy, did they give up a lot. They give up the number nine pick this year, the number 61 pick this year, first-round pick next season, a second-round pick in 2025. How about that? Man, that's a lot. And wide receiver DJ Moore. It's a big-time deal. And the Bears now are in position, if they draft well, they're going to be right up there. They have a really good opportunity as long as you draft well. you got to draft well. You absolutely need to hit home runs on your drafts. All right, let's get back to some more phone calls. And we say hello to Ryan in Sackdown. Hey, Ryan, how are you today? Doing good. How about you, Grant? I'm well, thank you. So um, are you a little bit surprised that the Panthers made this move this early, considering how much they gave up? Yeah. Uh, it also tells me they heard rumblings that there were teams that were also willing to give up a, a, a hell of a lot to move into that number one spot. And they probably just figured, hey, if we're going to do it, let's do it now. And we know we're giving up a lot, but we might have to give up more if we wait a few weeks. Wouldn't that also tell you that those teams probably are all they have a consensus pick who the top quarterback's going to be or they have a sense for yes. that? Because it, it's tough with that because, you know, the GMs are lying out their mouths. They're trying to drive other teams off of the player they want this time of year. Yeah, no question. I think the Bryce Young is going to be the number one quarterback, don't you? I think so. But you never know. I mean, look where Mayfield came from his draft class. Yeah. You know, nobody had yeah. him going one. Yeah, that's very true. And as it turned out, it was the wrong pick. It was indeed. It was indeed. Speaking of Baker Mayfield, do you think he'd be a decent fit in San Francisco as a backup? Yes, I think as a backup, he would be. I think as an insurance policy, yes, I think he would be a decent fit in San Francisco. And I believe that San Francisco is going to need to solidify their quarterback position. Listen, Baker Mayfield played well in the last couple of games for the Rams. He really did. I mean, he seemed to fit in very well in Sean McVay's system. He played well, and that doesn't mean he's going to play well in a new system with a new team. But, you know, he at least got people to look at him again. I think that's for sure. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, he kept his mouth shut. I mean, what he did on that Thursday night game was amazing. Yeah, that was like it was incredible. any turnaround time, um, especially yeah. with McVay's offense. But um, that being said, I mean, if I'm Trey Lance, and you know me, I'm not a Niners fan. At some point, when am I starting to get disrespected or feeling disrespected? Because everybody is just glossing over him with, you know, the injury to uh, Bryce Purdy. It's like this dude should be healthy. Well, as far as respect or disrespect, uh, you earn your respect by performing on the field. And when he's been on the field, he hasn't done that. And he hasn't been on the field enough. And you don't gain respect from being injured all the time. Now, I don't know of players that get hurt on purpose, but the reality is they go hand in hand. All right. If you're hurt and you can't play, then you can't gain respect. So uh, he's got to earn his respect and he hasn't done that yet, or at least from from where you and I look, he hasn't earned his respect. Maybe the 49er players and his teammates feel completely different, which, by the way, is the only thing that matters. It really doesn't matter whether the media respects him or you or I respect him. 
really the only thing that matters are do the guys in the locker room respect him because they're the ones that got to go out and block for him and play for him. So that really is the only thing that matters. Right, right. So uh, for those that listen to uh, Jim Rome, he opened the show today uh, with about 20 minutes on the Kings. Thought that was really oh, wow. cool. Can only remember a handful of times he's done that since, you know, the Glorias in 02 through 06. So that was really nice to hear. Um, I heard you run down the remaining games. We did that together. Um, I, dis- I I know you changed uh, one or two there since yeah. things have changed. Yeah. Um, I disagree about the Jazz games. I, I don't think I think they would split the two. Yeah, I don't think they'll get both of those, and I do think the Kings will get one either over Milwaukee or Boston. Okay, I don't think they'll get one over Milwaukee or Boston if both teams are healthy. But but if it, but again, they haven't played. When's the last time the Kings played a healthy team? That's a great point. In fact, the Kings lead the gap between the Kings and the rest of the NBA. New York is second. Um, the Kings yep. only have 14 games missed by yep. starters this season. It's incredible. The next That's, second. It's, next. it's unheard of. Yeah, it's 76, I want to say, for the Knicks. It's unheard of. It's, it's unheard of. Absolutely. Right. And, and, and we're not trying to jinx anything here, but you know what that means, right? It means I, that the percentages are... If you go by percentages, they're going to catch up with the Kings and they're going to have an injury coming up here. And let's hope not, because that could really derail this storybook dream season. But those numbers don't lie that you just talked about. The Kings have been the healthiest team in the NBA. And it's I don't ever recall. And I mean that, Ryan, I don't ever recall a season quite like this in regards to injuries for the Kings, which are really they don't have any. And yet look at all the teams around them. In the Western Conference, they've all had injuries, except for maybe Denver, right? Denver's probably pretty pretty low on that list, too. I forgot. I looked at yeah. it. But all, all the other teams are – they've lost tons of games. And their starters – look at what – look at look at how Phoenix played when Devin Booker was hurt. They could barely win a game. Right. Absolutely. And so now that they have Durant, that's kind of the insurance policy, right? We're, we're yes. forgetting yep. that everybody's freaking out about Durant, but now you're forgetting about Booker. Like they are still a very good team, a much better team than the Kinks, in my opinion. Yeah, Chris but, Paul, how many assists did Chris Paul have the last time they played? 18 uh, or 19? Yeah, it was massive. He had a huge game. Right. Um, yep. But, you know, I, I actually, let's explore this for a second. You said would be disappointment to the storybook season. Let's say f- somebody goes down, Sabonis or Fox. Kings go out in the first round, still make the playoffs. Is that really a disappointment to this season? I think a lot of fans would be disappointed based on how they've been built up and how they are. I don't want to say brainwashed because that, that that's going to sound wrong, but I'm using that yeah. term just for a figure of speech to kind of paint the picture. So many fans are brainwashed into what's going on right now. Listen, you know how I feel about this. I think the Kings are a good team, but I don't think they're really a number two seed in a conference. I don't think they're that good. Does that make sense? It does. I, I think they're starting to look more like a three and four seed, 100%. Uh, even though they're playing the hand that they have been dealt with, other teams being injured, the way they're playing, I know last night was a little bit of an outlier in the second half, but um, you know we always preached about we want to see consistency, and we have seen that since the All-Star break. Yeah. Okay, but we're seeing consistency based on going against teams without their best players. So I'm going to turn it around, and I'm going to say this to you. The Kings are going to be playing the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics, okay? The Bucks 
right around the corner. Yep. If the Kings play well against those two teams, even if they lose a very close game in the final minute, that will change my opinion of where the Kings are at. I still think the Kings are good, but I don't know how good because they haven't really been tested by a very good, healthy team in a while. Yeah, well, what, admit it. it's been a while. No, it hasn't. What about the Clippers? The 176-175. They were healthy that night. That, that, and, 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 and who didn't play in the second overtime because of a minutes restriction? Kawhi Leonard. Paul George didn't play. Or Paul George, excuse me. Right. So, again, I want to see – and, again, I'm not taking that away from him because I agree yeah. with you. That was, that, was a, that was a big game. It was also Russell Westbrook's first game. And, and, again, I don't have all the numbers in front of me, so correct me if I'm wrong. That was the best game that he's played with the Clippers. Since then, it has not worked. But here, here I want to get back to the bigger picture here. I, I think the Kings are good. Okay. I don't personally think they're number two seed good. I don't think they're worthy of a number two seed on a regular year. Okay. Not this year. I'm just talking about overall. Okay. When I think of a Fair. number two seed, like for instance, Boston's the number two seed in the East right now. Do I think the Kings are Boston? No, I don't. Okay. I don't think the Kings, I think if the Kings played Boston in a seven game series, I think that they would be lucky to win one game. Okay. I, I would pick them to win one game. I wouldn't pick them to win more than one game. Now, you might say, Napes, how do you feel now after they beat Boston when they come into town soon? If the Kings beat Boston with Boston being healthy, then I'll change my mind. But I don't see Sacramento at that level yet. And I'm talking about the Boston level, the Milwaukee level, the Denver level. You know, I just don't see them there. They're, they're not that good. You and I talk about on all these shows that you and I do about their inconsistency and their deficiencies. Even Mike Brown had to call out the team last night at a win. We talk about their rebounding a lot. What do you and I talk about? How bad they are defensively. They yep. can't stop anybody. You know, when you play good teams, okay, you're going to have trouble beating good teams four times in a playoff series with those type of deficiencies if they're healthy. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Now, when you talk about looking at it on a regular NBA season basis, if everybody in the West has been healthy all season, absolutely, they are not a two, but to me, they are with this Western Conference. Take away the East and what's going on over there. With this Western Conference, with the, it, they've been winning games even with star players out that typically they would lose in the past, even at some point during this season. And they've found a way to get up for those games and get those wins, sometimes like last night when they're not playing to the best of their ability. But in this Western Conference, I do think that they are a solid three or four seed the way this season has played out to this point. Yeah, well, you're, you're probably right. In, in most years, and again, I don't have all the standings in front of me from the last five years, but you can look it up when we get done. You have to win at least 55 games to be the number two seed. You know, you generally aren't a number two seed if you don't win 50. That's the way it's been. This year, it's going to be different. So, hey, you know, again, each year is different. It's why you play the games. All I'm saying is I still don't know how good the Kings are, Ryan, because I haven't seen them go against a team at full strength that is projected to be better than. But we're going to find out coming up here this week because Phoenix tomorrow, Milwaukee, all right, Boston's on the calendar. We're going to find out real soon, assuming that the Bucks and the Celtics come in at full strength. And if they do come in at full strength and the Kings are able to beat them, 
like, correct me if I'm wrong, but when the Kings lost to Milwaukee earlier in the year, a Dedekumbo didn't play, and they still beat the Kings. I don't remember if he played or he didn't, Grant, actually. I don't think he did play. I don't think okay. he did play, and the Kings still got beat. So, again, the Kings are better than they were when they were in Milwaukee earlier in the year. All right, so I also acknowledge that. Hey, it's going to be fun. There, there are some really good games that are on the schedule, potentially, assuming that the other team is at full strength, and it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it is, and assuming the Kings, too, are at full strength, we don't know what's going to – I mean, I, I went back and watched a little bit from last night in the second half, and De'Aaron was kind of playing with that hamstring yep. a little bit. So w- we will see how the Kings manage that. But, I, you know, I'm getting ready to do a podcast just because of what you said, expectations and the fan base. I've been looking over the O2 team stats versus this team stats, and the most staggering difference between the two teams – is that team was sixth in defense that year. Sixth in mm-hmm. defense. So yep. that's that's the big separator so far. And what are the Kings? They're 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 not 30th in defense this year. 25th. But they're they're near. Yeah. So that that's that's pretty huge, isn't it? Big difference. Huge difference. So yep. all right, buddy. Have a great weekend. So, all well. See you, you too. Tomorrow, yes. <laughs> Sounds right. good. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, let's get to uh, Connor. Right here on Listen Up. Hey, Connor, how are you today? Doing good, Grant. How are you? I'm good, buddy. Yeah, a couple quick things here today. You were talking about the health of the Kings and stuff. I just wanted to talk about kind of the opposite ends of the spectrum with that, with the Yankees. I mean, Carlos Rodon is going to start the season on the IL. And I just, I don't know if I'm looking for someone to blame and stuff, but in the last three, four years with this team, it seems like their injury concerns have been like doubled and tripled compared to a lot of the other teams. Is there like a blame to place on the training staff or is it just a luck factor or because it's just really strange how many injured players for the Yankees there are every year? It's, it's mind boggling to me what's going on. I mean, it is absolutely incredible. You know, Trevino, by the way, is going to miss the rest of the camp. Okay. You have uh, Harrison Bader, the outfielder, uh, has a strained oblique, okay, and his availability for the start of the season is in down. You talked about Carlos Rodon, you know, he's out with an elbow strain. They are saying mid to late April. They're saying it's not Tommy John. I mean, uh, Trevino has a ligament sprain in his elbow. They're expecting him to return maybe, maybe in May. Uh, I mean, good lord, uh, with. Camley's out, right? He's got an injured arm. I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't know what to say, who to blame it on, but it happens every single year. It's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it totally is. And then the other thing I have for you today is that the Edmonton Oilers got an absolutely massive win last night. They beat the Bruins in Boston, which I think only a handful of teams have been able to do this year, and they were down 2 nothing. So that's a big statement win for them with some of their new pieces from the deadline. So. I think it's time for them to start getting hot before the playoff push. Well, they got the players to do it. You know, they got the players to do it. That's for sure. And they got the greatest player in the game in Connor McDavid. So, uh, but that was a huge win. No question about that. Yeah, that's all I got today. I'll let you go. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Take care now. Let's get to Jerry. Jerry, we'll get you on the show here on this Friday. How are you? I'm fine, Mr. Napier. How are you, sir? Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. 
Hey, Grant, I've got a couple of things for you, Grant. Hey, you know, it sure is funny how how uh, how time flies. Uh, just uh, just a year ago, we're all talking about if the Kings don't do anything in the draft, if the Kings don't improve their team, uh, blankety blank, blank, blank. Sabonis is not going to want to be here after his contract expires. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's funny how things change, huh? Isn't it? It is just unbelievable. It is. Yep. Yes, indeed. 100%. And Grant, I was listening to you earlier. You were saying that uh, uh, that um, you cannot play uh, or or have the kind of defense that the Kings are having right now, and you're not going to win in the postseason. But Grant, it seems like to me every game that I that I watch, every team tries to uh, outscore every other team. I don't see much difference being played, Grant. I mean, but but it's, no, it's not this, though. Even uh, on the game last night, right? It shows me that the Kings can play defense when they want to play defense, Grant. And um, I sure hope they don't take that mentality into the playoffs because, you know, you cannot play defense in the fourth quarter and expect to win um, against playoff caliber teams. Yeah, and the playoffs are a little bit different in the, in the way the game is played. The game does slow down a little bit and becomes a little bit more physical. So we'll see. You know, we don't we haven't seen the Kings in the playoffs in a couple of decades. So it's very difficult to say this or that. The fact that they're in the playoffs is a huge achievement. And let's hope that when they get there, they play well. But Jerry, don't don't like try to put false thoughts in your head that you're going to turn the playoffs on and the Kings are all of a sudden going to be a good defensive team. They're not. Okay, they're not. They're not. The, the coach knows it. The players know it. They understand who they are. They're going to outscore you and they're not going to play defense. All right. That's just that they're, they're not going to. So don't expect that, because if you expect that, I think you're going to be disappointed. Right. And Grant, how do you think Fox and Sabonis take criticism from Coach Brown? They don't have they, they have no problem with it. They probably respect it. They understand that Coach Brown is trying to get this team over the hump and over the hump means win some playoff series. And I don't think they're bothered by it at all. And Grant, let me ask you, uh, you think if uh, things keep going the way they are, you think Sabonis would want to stay? Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. First of all, the Kings can pay him a lot more money, and why wouldn't he? I mean, he's a marquee player on a team that's now elevated themselves into, you know, playoff contention. This team is built for the future. They have a really nice nucleus to move forward with. Why would he want to leave? And Grant, no, it was nice to uh, hear TNT giving the Kings a little bit of love last night. You know, I mean, uh, uh, it's it's about time. Thanks, Jerry. You have a good weekend. All right, Grant, you do the same. Thank you. Take care, buddy. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Get to some more phone calls and uh, we say hello to Waggus. Hello, Waggus. How you doing today? Grant, how you doing? I'm good. 
So, so I was thinking about this, you know, as, as we go into playoffs. First of all, I wanted to thank you for doing this show. I mean, I know you don't really have to, uh, but but you still do it. But I was thinking about this because, you know, growing up, I saw you on TV, but I didn't really listen to your show until later on in, I think, 2006, 2007. So I've always wondered, listening to your show over the years on the radio, is like, well, what would the at- atmosphere be like if the Kings actually made the playoffs, right? Because because I started listening after they even ever made the playoffs. I think it was after 2007 or 8. So, um, you know, I, I just want to kind of say that, like, you know, thank you for doing the show. And, you know, we'll see what the atmosphere is like, especially in pregame, postgame, and now here when there is, you know, when we do get in the playoffs. And hopefully they can. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you an example of what it was like. Well, well, let me give you an example of what radio was like when the Kings were in the playoffs and how many people were listening to my show. Okay. When the Kings were playing the Jazz, the rule in the NBA says that you only have 10 seconds once the ball is in your hand to shoot a free throw, right? And Carl Malone went over 10 seconds a couple of times. And so I said, hey, you know what? At the game tonight, when Carl Malone gets the ball, everyone needs to start counting to 10. And I said that on my radio show from the arena. And I swear on my life, Carl Malone goes to the free throw line. The referee hands him the ball and 17,000 people. Okay. 17,000 people start counting to 10. And I, I, I was announcing a game and I got chills over my body. I literally got chills over my body. And I was, I was just going, wow, the power of radio and how many people were listening to my show that the entire arena was counting one to 10. That's what it was like. Well, yeah, and I've obviously, I was like, I think I was like seven, eight years old. Um, I, I think you're talking about 1999 playoff series when yep. um, games yep. three and four, when we really should have won that game four, but Stockton hit that big shot. Um, yep. Yeah, so, yeah, no. So I did not know, obviously, y- you've shared this story before, but I didn't know that that was triggered by you because I didn't know you had a radio show, nor, nor did I listen to radio. Uh-huh. Yep, so, I did it that, that afternoon on the radio. Uh, I, and I mentioned it two or three times. I said, hey, if you come into the game, make sure you remember to count when Carl Malone. And, of course, did it work? No, Carl Malone didn't miss one free throw the entire game. I know. I, but yeah. let me ask you this. Did you see your rate? I mean, or did you know your ratings, like, were through the roof around that time during the playoffs? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was number one in the market every single rating period other than summer sometimes because summer nothing. But almost every year, my radio show, when we had the Nielsen system and the diaries – I was number one, men 25 to 54 in the fall, winter, and spring book almost every single time. Sometimes I would be a, a close two, but I was number one in the market, men 25 to 54, every single year when I was on the radio. Then they switched to meters, uh, the rating system, and it's kind of, I don't want to get into uh, the meter system, but meters are not good for talk radio. And the reason for that is if you're one of the people that have a meter, right? Yeah. Okay, let's say you get in a car. And I'm not talking about you specifically. I'm using an example. Let's say you love sports and you get in a car and you get in the car and your favorite radio station is on that's talking sports. And you're in the car with your wife and your wife goes, you know, I'm really tired of you listening to sports. Okay, I'm going to put on the music that your ratings now go to the music. Let's say you walk into a department store or you walk into a store and they have music playing from a local radio station, which a lot of a lot of stores do. Your meter is being registered 
as listening to that station, even though you don't even know what station it is. So there's a lot of fallacies with meters and there aren't a lot of them in the market. And it's a terrible way to do radio ratings, but that's what they use. So I'm just trying to educate you a little bit. No, 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 that's good. And but but you gotta understand, like like I guess what I'm trying to say from our from a fan point of view, because you know, majority of your fans um that are in my age group have probably never experienced that. So so I, I guess what I'm saying is, and I'm pretty sure other people feel the same way, that thank you for doing the show and I look forward to it. Well uh, but I do thank you good. No, I, I, I thank you. I will just tell you this, and I, I'll just yeah. tell you this, and I, I'm not, yeah. you know me, I don't really like talking about myself, yeah. okay? Yeah. I really don't. But, like, when I used to go out with my wife, or I used to go to the store to buy a couple of items, it would take me a long time, and I'd get back home, and my wife goes, where, where were you? I'm like, hey, you know, I, I, I got to talk to the people coming up to me. They want to talk to me about the game last night. She goes, oh, yeah, I know. And then, like, I'd go out with my wife, and she, I can't I can't say exactly what she said because I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah. But she we we would be at a store or we'd be somewhere together and somebody would come up to me and they wouldn't even acknowledge her. They wouldn't even know that she was standing next to me. They were like and, and, and they'd walk away and my wife goes, you know, I could be <laughs> sitting here with a big blah, blah, blah sticking out of my head and they still wouldn't even recognize me. And I start laughing. I go, yeah, I know it is pretty amazing. So, you know, it's just it's just kind of funny what my life was like during those years when everyone was listening to my show and I loved it. I listen, I always used to tell people and I tell people to this day, Waggus, you know, the uh, announcers or people in the public eye that are rude when they're out in public, then you shouldn't go out in public because the reason why you're successful and the reason why you have a career is because of the fans. So if you go out in public and you don't want to deal with the fans, then you can't have it both ways. So don't go out, stay in your home. I always used to enjoy talking to the fans. I always tried to make time for them, either before games or after games or whatever the case may be. I mean, after games, I always told you, I learned this from Chick Hearn. People would always come down to the announcer's table and I would always take pictures and sign autographs until the very last one was gone, all right? Every single time. It didn't matter, you know, what was going on. It didn't matter if I had, you know, an airplane to catch that night with the Kings. Or, no, it didn't matter. I was going to make sure that that was part of my job and my wife would be sitting right there and she'd wait and she understood and i would say you know sometimes it would take five minutes sometimes it would take 20 minutes yeah. uh, but that's just the way it is and if you're if if you're going to do this job and you're going to have this career and you're going to be uh rude or you're going to be disrespectful or whatever the case may be to your fans then you're in the wrong profession and i the reason why i mention this i have a couple of colleagues i'm not going to call them friends yeah. that are rude to their audience and are at times disrespectful to the fans. And I'm like, I, I don't understand how you can do that. I really don't. Yeah. And, and I know that's true, Grant, what you just said, because I, I work with a guy and, you know, I, I, I told him, I think, you know, about a year ago and started listening. I'm like, Grant's back. He's on a listen app and he's from the Bay area and he's really not a Kings fan, but you know, he, 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 he has seen you at events. He's like, Oh yeah. You know, Grant's a really nice guy. You know, you go up and talk to him. He just, you know, talks to you back like normal. I'm like, that's pretty cool. And then and I remember the last time I saw you, it was from far away. And, and and I didn't get a chance to go out to Bennett's. I missed that. But I'm pretty sure you, you'll probably do some other event so we can meet. But, yep. but I remember I was sitting, I believe, in at Golden One and I think Section 110. And this was before the, I got there early. And I could see you. You're not even announcing. And you're back there. And there was a little kid that had a sign up. And, and you were just talking to him. 
almost to the point before where you had to go. So I, I know you did that because a couple of times I saw you like, uh, well, listen, I, I, I know what I, I know who I am. I know what I am. Sometimes I see on social media, you know, people that don't like me rip me and go, Oh, he's a dick in, in public. He's rude to people. And I'm like, well, you must, you must know a different Grant Napier. Cause the one thing I was never, I was never rude or disrespectful to people yeah. in public. I always gave them time. I always talked to them. And so I don't trust me. I don't have any problem putting my head on the pillow at night. I understand the importance of the fans. As you said, you know, I'm not getting paid for doing this show. Yeah. I do the show every day and I don't make any money on this show. And the reason why I do this show is because of people like you and everyone else that listen every day. Listen, I only have 33 people listening right now. And if I only had 33 people or 40 people listening, I wouldn't do the show. But I post this show on my platform and almost every day I have about a thousand people that end up listening to this show, give or take a few hundred. Yep. All right. So people don't get a chance to listen to it live, but they want to listen to it in their car when they get out of school or go out of work. And so to me, if I have a thousand Grant Napier supporters that want to listen to my show, I'm going to do it as often as I can. And I try to be consistent Monday through Friday, even though financially I'm not, this, this show is not doing anything for me financially, but I do it because of people like you and everyone else. I feel that's important. And so I'm going to keep on doing it as long as I can. Yeah. And, and to those people that talk bad, uh, you know, like you've always given people a platform on your radio show going back, like even the people that I'm pretty sure irritated you because you felt it was important. So, you know, obviously, you know, there's some people in this world when, you know, yeah, they just, yeah, whatever. So I, I want to get into that. But, hey, Waggis, uh, listen, you can be at the very, you can be at the top of your profession like Joe Buck. Joe has a lot of detractors. There are a yeah, lot of people yeah. that can't stand Joe. Okay. And I can use, I'm using him as an example. If you're going to be in the entertainment business, whether you're an actor, an actress, you're a broadcaster, a musician, whatever, you're going to have people that like you and you're going to have people that don't like you. And you accept that. That's part of the deal. Early in my career, that was difficult to take because you want to be loved by everybody. And then after you do this for a couple of years, you're like, don't even, <laughs> don't, don't let, don't lose sleep, you know, and your family members and your loved ones, they don't quite understand that. So you have to be very patient with them and explain to them, hey, there are people out there that don't like me. Don't let it affect your life. Don't take it personally. Don't go on social media and attack them. It, that's why it drives me crazy, Waggus, when I see Baker Mayfield's wife, okay, and I'm using yeah. her as an example, or yeah. Patrick Mahomes' wife, and they're trying to like make it personal when they go on social media because someone said something bad about their husband or they didn't pick them to win. Who cares? Like, who, It's part of the society we live in. Don't worry about it. Well, and plus somebody told me if you're doing something good, somebody's going to hate. But I, exactly. I want to ask you, yeah, I want to ask you one last thing. The first time I remember when you were on TV and my dad said, that's Grant Napier. He used to be the weather guy. Is that true? Were you, were you doing weather before? No, never, never done weather in my life. Nope. Never. So, nope. But, but, but never. were you on a different station like a K-Max before something? Nope. Well, I was on K-Max. I was on 31. I did weather once in my life okay. when I was working at uh, the ABC TV station in Toledo, Ohio, doing sports for $5 an hour as a fill-in. And they called me up uh, as I was uh, leaving my friend's apartment and said, hey, uh, our news anchor is sick. You need to do the whole newscast tonight. And I'm like, excuse me? And they go, you need to do the news, the weather, and the sports on the ABC TV station in Toledo, Ohio. And I swear I did the whole damn 30-minute newscast, news, 
weather and sports. That's the only time I'm alive I've done weather. Okay, so no, I've never done weather so, before. So, so before broadcasting here in Sacramento, you, you never did anything on a news channel or anything like that. No. Nope. I came oh. to Sacramento in July of 1987, and I was the sports director of Channel 31. I was never on another TV station. Oh, that's right. So you probably did sports, right? You just didn't do weather. You yeah, know? I did the sports. Okay, okay. Yeah, not okay, weather, sports. Okay. Tell so you, maybe, yeah. maybe well, I got so, that. Yeah, so I, was, I, obviously, I obviously made a really good impression on your dad <laughs> that he remembered me doing weather than sports. That makes me feel good. <laughs> no, no, because, you know, and, and this was a lot. I know I got a good memory, but this was a long time ago. I mean, I was like yeah. five, six. Yeah. And I remember that's when Mitch Richmond was playing, right? So at yeah, that yeah, time. Yeah, but I was. Yeah. Yes, that was when Mitch Richmond was playing. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, and at that time, I did, uh, you know, um, at that Uncle K Max, that's when he came in, and that's when my dad said, he, he he does a game now, but he used to do the news, and I don't know where. Yeah, I the sports. The sports. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, the sports. Yeah. The, yep. the sport news, right? Got it. So so okay, and then did Dell Rogers always do sports on KCRA three? No, before Dell Rogers, uh, there was Bob Hogue. When but when I got there, Bob Hogue was the sports director. Then Walt Gray. There was Creighton Sanders and Christine Hansen. Uh, Dell didn't get there until much later. Got it. Okay. All right. All right. So all good. No, all good. And, uh, you know, Grant, I, I don't know what kind of special thing you're planning for the playoffs, but are we going to see some sort of a special show during the Kings playoffs or? On Stay YouTube? tuned, buddy. Okay. All right. No, no, Stay I get tuned. it. I get it. I get it. All right. Okay. All good. All right. All right you take care, buddy. You have a great weekend. That's it, buddy. All right. Always enjoy Waggis. His memory is freaking through the roof, but his dad uh, yeah, Grant used to do the weather on TV. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, my God. I get a kick out of that stuff. I'll tell you what else I get a kick out of. I get a kick out of you all. You all are great. I hope you have a fabulous weekend. Don't forget tomorrow, pregame with Ryan. Then Ryan joins me. Hear that, Ryan? You are joining me at halftime. And Ryan is going to be joining me. You hear that, Ryan? On the postgame show tomorrow. All right? So uh, have a great weekend. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.